into the arms of Davis. And the superior team all season long was the superior team tonight. And the Kentucky coronation is complete. Champions 2012. Benny Snell needs five yards to break Sonny Collins' career rushing record. They give it to Benny. Straight ahead. Ten. Five. Touchdown. And a rushing record for Benny Snell Jr. of Kentucky. The All Out Kentucky Podcast. Welcome in to the All Out Kentucky Podcast. Your home for the Kentucky Wildcats basketball and football program. I am your host, A.J. Bradley, and I am joined, as always, by my brother and co-host, Sam Bradley. On today's episode, we will discuss the victory over Texas A&M, preview the matchup this Tuesday on the road at Vanderbilt, and cap it all off with our AOK college basketball picks for the week. Count them up, folks. That's one, two, three. Three wins in a row, moving the Wildcats to 13-6 and six overall and 4-3 and three in the SEC as they hold serve on their home court, defeating the Texas A&M Aggies by a final score of 76-61. to 61. We knew going in this would be a physical game, and that is exactly what we got. The Aggies are a well-coached team that fought hard for 40 minutes and gave the Cats all they could handle. With four minutes left, it was a one-point game when the guards of Kentucky took control down the stretch with key buckets and free throws from Cason Wallace, Antonio Reeves, and C.J. Frederick. Sam, going into this matchup, you outlined the keys to victory, and they consisted of defense, 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 and I believe the other term you used was more defense. I joke about that, but... You know, you did talk about defending hard without fouling. That was a big key, limiting the free throw attempts from the Aggies. You talked about being able to cause turnovers and then also the ability of the Kentucky Wildcats to take charges on a team that loves to drive to the basket. Third key to the game, you had talked about we need to be able to play through Oscar and he needs to work hard at getting that ball pushed around once he gets the double team and not turn it over. And then you talked about the crowd, Sam, and how electric it needed to be to help raise the Cats to get a victory. I myself added in just one little thing about the fact that we needed to get physical and win the rebounding battle. So, Sam, with all that being said, and the fact that you know the Kentucky Wildcats were able to come out with the victory ultimately in this game, how would you assess the play from the Wildcats on Saturday? Did they execute the game plan? What did they do to combat the emphasis that Texas A&M ultimately put on Oscar Shibway? And what players in this game stuck out to you? Yeah, thanks for bringing us in there, AJ. It was an exciting Saturday for the Kentucky Wildcats and Rupp Arena. Uh, as you outlined, I mean, to me, the Kentucky team held to the standards of which we kind of put out there as far as what our expectations and keys were to win that basketball game, AJ. Obviously, we come away with a nine-point victory and we cover the spread. So, um, you know, a lot of people in Lexington come away happy. But overall, AJ, I mean, that 
I knew it was going to be a physical game. We, we knew that going in, but that almost exceeded expectations to some degree because, my gosh, that was as physical as a basketball game as you could possibly do. I know, maybe contrary to popular opinion, I actually thought the refs kind of shifted through the whole physicality of the game in somewhat of a decent degree. I mean, let's be honest, there's enough to gripe over, but um, I mean, th- those are really tough games to, de- to referee and to defend. And I thought, you know, everything considered, it was decent. Um, but gosh, it-, it was an absolute bout, AJ. And I mean, one of my key points from last week's matchup and another key takeaway from this week's recap is the SEC is a dogfight, AJ. And it's all about can you stick with it and can you make the necessary adjustments? I thought Kentucky, yet again, they go into the half, down two, and they do exactly that, AJ. They make the necessary adjustments. They come out. They continue to fight. And they continue to make and knock down some much-needed and timely shots. I mean, when we break this down, AJ, it was threes, 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 and more threes for the Kentucky Wildcats, hawking up a total of 32 of those things, knocking down 11 of them, AJ. And, I mean, um, I think to some degree we probably could have attacked the basket on some of those wide open attempts because, you know, we were so open at times where you got to shoot it. So even John Calipari and his post game, uh, you know, presser was saying it, it, they were open threes. We got to take them. But also, I mean, when you look at the stat line and we take 32 of them, I think to some degree, some of those could have been nice opportunities to attack the basket and take that open lane and that open shot to be able to attack the basket because AJ, we walk away from the free throw line with only 17 attempts, which is not bad, all things considered, but a lot of those AJ, you have to do consider came at the end of the game when Texas A&M was trying to stretch the game out. So, you know, once you add that grain of salt, we didn't quite get to the line like we have done previously in our previous two games, which was really where we kind of separated our gameplay from, the first quarter of the season, if you will, AJ. So that kind of stuck out to me. But when you break down what I highlighted and what you highlighted as far as our key keys to win this game, let's start with defense. I, I actually thought the Kentucky Wildcats fought extremely hard on defense, and we held their star player in Wade Taylor to only eight points. So first and foremost, that's that's a win. For me, AJ, we have obviously an extremely difficult bout down low with Oscar Sheepway, especially getting into foul trouble early. I mean, you got key minutes from Lance Ware coming in and showing that he was about that, AJ, and he was not going to get bullied. They were not going to allow Texas a and walk up and erupt, play bully ball on Lance Ware. And I, I'm serious. He played fantastic for us. And those were key minutes, AJ, to be able to get in there and impact the game defensively. Obviously, when Oscar was on the four, he was a beast. And he was able to impact the game as well defensively. Hawking in a ton of rebounds for us, which was key to be able to get that victory. But, I mean, overall, I thought our defense was extremely efficient. I also thought, AJ, the way we pre- – we defended the perimeter was one of the biggest keys as to why we were able to win this game. I mean, Texas A&M from three point range walks away. Let's see, AJ, I believe they were three for 16 shooting only eight, just North of 18%. I mean, that's massive. They, 
they go off and they knock down a couple of those shots and they, they have one of those microwave situations where the basket continues to grow, maybe we walk out of Rupp with an entirely different outcome. So really proud of the way we defended the three. And we basically made the decision, you know, hey, they can bang it down low and they can try to get their baskets in twos, but we're not going to let them beat us from three. And it, it definitely plays out to our favor and we're able to obviously get the outcome that we needed. And, you know, moving off that, AJ, we said defensively we needed to force turnovers. We needed to draw charges. And by gosh, I, I think like a couple minutes into the game, AJ, down goes Jacob Toppin taking a charge. And I texted you immediately and was like, booyah, baby. That's what we needed because we knew this was an aggressive team that likes to get downhill and there's going to be opportunities to take charges. And there's multiple people throughout the game that stepped up, stepped in the lane and planted themselves to be able to take charges. I mean, CJ, Oscar, Jacob, I mean, it was an incredible effort. So really like to see that we forced them to turn the ball over 16 times, AJ, 16 times. I mean, it's tough to go on the road and win a basketball game against a good opponent turning the ball over that many times we held our turnovers to 12 I I was really hovering right around the 10 to 12 range if we could have kept it under there I would have been a little more happy but overall we take care of the basketball better than then and that helps us get the victory and then you highlighted it AJ but a key was we knew they were going to throw everything in the kitchen sink at Oscar Sheepway offensively and I'm not even kidding the kitchen sink must have hit him a couple of times because they had four or five guys on the glass boxing out Oscar Sheepway, and he still finds a way to impact the game, hauling in 17 rebounds, AJ. That's just not normal. I mean, he he's a machine. He, he's, he claims he's a man, but he is a machine, AJ, and it's incredible because the guy was literally getting mauled down low, and he still finds a way to impact the game. I mean, like I said, 17 rebounds. He only comes up with seven points, but they were key buckets. He gets an and one, AJ, at a timely basket for us, and he impacts the way in a lot, or impacts the game in a lot of ways. And, and Calipari highlighted in his post game presser, but what Oscar continued to do was so vital for us. Was he continued to move the ball to the exterior when it came in down low? And because the the double, the triple team, he was anticipating it. And he might have not gotten a whole lot of assists. I mean, he walks away, AJ, with only one assist on the game. However, you and I both played hockey our entire lives. And it's called the hockey hockey assist, y'all. So what what he was doing all night, if you watch the tape, was he was passing it to the, the perimeter. We were making one more pass or maybe the next pass after that, which was freeing up someone to be able to get an open look. So his movement, AJ, was vital to the success we saw offensively and might I add AJ that was 100% it's one of my key takeaways the best ball movement I've seen from the Kentucky Wildcats this season by far I mean the way we were moving the ball offensively we were getting getting incredible looks and and that's much the reason why we took 32 threes because I'm not kidding AJ I mean we might have settled for a few of those but For the most part, our ball movement was able to open up guys and create a lot of great opportunities from three. And thank goodness for the guy you highlighted in your your recap, AJ. That's Antonio Reeves. I mean, that kid stepped up big time for the Kentucky Wildcats. Him personally, AJ, he goes and lights the place up in Rupp Arena, hitting five threes of his 11 attempts, finishing with a 
game-high 23 points for the Kentucky Wildcats. And might you added in the beginning timely buckets down the stretch. I mean, it's it felt like throughout the season we've almost questioned like who's going to be our go-to guy down the stretch in a game when you just you got to go get a bucket. You, you might be up a few scores, but you're trying to bleed the clock, AJ. And you're trying to make this game just dwindle down to a few key possessions where your opponent is going to have to go out there and execute flawlessly to be able to claw back and get a win. And in those stretches, you have to create shots and you got to get buckets. And my gosh, Antonio Reeves, that floater he was able to hit. I know CJ obviously hit a timely middle of the key shot as well, AJ. But our guard play, specifically Antonio Reeves, showed that, hey, if we got to go get a bucket, I can go get that shot for us and I can knock it down. So extremely impressed in what our guards and specifically Antonio Reeves was able to do for us. I know Kaysom Wallace and C.J. Frederick, A.J., kind of had off nights shooting-wise, but I'm still happy with their play. Wallace, despite going 4 of 13, 1 of 7, probably his worst shooting performance of the year so far, still comes away with a game-high 36 minutes, A.J. You know why? Because he was impacting the game in so many various ways. He comes away with four rebounds, four assists, a steal, and two blocks, A.J., two blocks. I know he had a handful of turnovers. He, he finished with five turnovers of our team 13, but he, he impacted the game in so many facets that Calipari said, I got to keep you out there. I know Wheeler didn't get a lot of minutes, AJ. The minutes he did come in of the eight, he, he was able to facilitate, and I, I love what he was able to do. I, I wish he could have gotten more opportunity to play, but the game dictated how many minutes he saw, AJ, in my honest opinion. He was so physical, and the guard play was elite, and Tyrese Radford was going off, and you almost had to leave our guards that were in in to be able to defend and kind of limit what their production looked like offensively. So, you know, I, I wish he could have impacted the game more, but his time's still going to come. He's got to stay ready, AJ. But the last thing I'll say, and I'll pass it back to you, is Jacob Toppin, man. This kid continues to elevate his play and continues to find ways to stay on the floor for the Kentucky Wildcats and really impact our ability to win basketball games. And I'm really proud of him. I mean, he's he's coming into all these different roles in which he's able to impact the play and the game for the Kentucky Wildcats. And he's really starting to become a guy we can rely on to impact not only the scoring, which he carried a lot of the load on Saturday night, finishing with 17 points, but just the way he he fights for rebounds, he creates shots for others, and he can be a go-to option, like I said last game, AJ, just late in the shot clock. So really proud of his elevation. But given what you kind of highlighted prior to the game, AJ, do you think the Kentucky Wildcats did enough to win, or do you think they did enough to say, okay, we are – we are seriously building on something here. We've got three games under our belt in a row, and the Kentucky Wildcats are trending. Or do you think this was one of those, we skated out in a physical game, we did enough to win, but maybe not enough to build off of, if you will? Sam, have you ever uh, watched the NCAA tournament before? Yeah, a time or two. A a few times? Okay. A few times. um, if you ever seen a team make a deep run in the tournament, none of those games that they play are similar. 
There's going to be a game where you score 85 points and win. There's going to be a game where you score 45 points and come away with a victory. No two games are similar. And we highlighted the way that this Texas A&M team likes to play basketball. It's built in their DNA. So when you ask me those questions, the answer is yes, Kentucky is trending. They're on a three-game win streak within a top-two conference in the entire nation. You know the physicality and the athletes that are in this league right now. And so going on a three-game win streak, a three-game win streak against three teams who have played well this season, and to do it against a Texas A&M team who hadn't lost in conference play yet, to come away with a ten around a ten point victory, Sam. I mean, I don't really know what much more people are are, are looking for at this point, but um, yeah, that was a great win by the Kentucky Wildcats, dude. You gotta find ways to win games in in multiple ways, and that's exactly what the Wildcats are doing. Hundred percent. There is an identity that's forming with this team, and, and is being built off physicality and toughness rebounding the basketball and then these guys communicating and becoming better better leaders and the, the team's been empowered coach cal's been talking about it you know outside of the games he's been saying they're starting to become this player driven team this is something that we touched on a couple of weeks ago sam but that's when he's always talking about where he sees his team's growing the most and i think that's what you see happening right now it's a team that's starting to find their stride and i really think that this is a positive step in the right direction and giving us a real chance to make some noise down the stretch of this season obviously there's some things that still need to be cleaned up but i mean what you're seeing out here from this kentucky wildcats team sam is is i mean you said it yourself that's the best ball movement you've seen all season the 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 good shots are starting to come. You're seeing the ball movement. You're seeing the player movement a lot more. You're seeing a cohesive unit on both ends of the court. Yeah, there's slip-ups here and there, and there's breakdowns, but it's, okay, what do we do to there? All right, let's fix it the next so it doesn't happen the next time. And some games you just got to grind them out. That That's exactly what they did on Saturday. And AM plays a, a pretty unique style, their own little way. And, and you guys you guys saw it. Sam just outlined it. They, they were double and triple teaming Oscar Shibwe all night long. They made it extremely difficult to even enter the ball into the post to him. So we had to work hard to get him the, the ball in the low post. But, but what did that do, guys? The amount of attention that this guy just brought, it, Sam said it. We had 32 three-pointers, and everyone's like, why are we shooting so many threes? And guys, go back and rewatch the game. Every single one was wide open. And that's what happens when you have a national player of the year with three guys hanging off his arm, and all you got to do is move the ball around a couple times, and you get a wide-open shot. We did exactly... We took what the defense gave us, and we ultimately we made them pay for it, Sam. Are we going to play that style every single time? No. But you have to be able to adapt to what's going on in the game, and we found a way to do it. You talked about Jacob Toppin. I want to touch on him real quick. I know you went over everyone, so I won't beat it to death, but I want to highlight him because this is what's happening with this forward four position. 
when Shibway draws the attention and the other three players are out behind the three-point line, there's going to open up a spot on the court for one guy to go to work. And that's the role of Jacob Toppin right now. And they're finding him in his spots. He's getting into the mid-range, Sam. And he's efficient. He's just super efficient in what he's doing. And it's just starting to translate into this guy that we all knew he could be. He's coming down with rebounds. He's locking up other guys, other teams, best players, and better forwards. He is getting down and dirty with it right now and he is doing all the dirty work that we need him to do and that's why you're seeing a lot of success sam i mean third game in a row for the kentucky wildcats where they out rebound their opponent 16 to 4 on the offensive rebounds is the edge again for kentucky that's the third straight team who has come in ranked in the ken palm top 50 of offensive rebounding teams and we completely shut that part of their game down we are not allowing teams to beat us on the offensive glass and get second and third chance shots shot goes up it's missed that's our ball and and it's going a long way in in the success of the kentucky wildcats right now and sam you really hit on a lot of the stuff that I wanted to talk about. I don't really think there's a whole ton more. Like I said, I just wanted to highlight for the listeners there, just realize what Texas A&M was doing. They were physical. They were triple, quadruple teaming Oscar Shibway all night long, and the Kentucky Wildcats did a really, really good job. Lance Ware, huge minutes, you called it, was was awesome. On the defensive side of the ball, he might have gotten scored on one time outside of that. He completely shut their big men down, did not allow them to get off good shots. Reeves was an absolute stud again. This guy, Sam, is starting to catch fire, okay? He is our go-to scorer right now, and I absolutely loved it. Flashback to the start of the year, before it even started, we highlighted and outlined how this kid came in, the mentality he came in with, declaring the fact that he was a leader from day one to set the tone. And you're starting to see that come to, to fruition. It's really awesome. And then the last thing I wanted to say about this, and, and just hear me out, guys, okay? I know C.J. Frederick isn't shooting all that well in SEC play right now, okay? Again, let's flashback, people. He just broke his finger a couple weeks ago, all right? He's just came back from an injury. He is knocking him down at the free throw line. He's playing exceptional on the defensive side of the ball. He is a vital piece of this offense right now in the way that he moves without the ball in the way that he is able to swing the ball and give it up and get his teammates open looks you wait for that finger to start feeling more comfortable for him and you just watch man these three pointers are going to start to rain down for mr frederick so just give him a little bit of a pass and be patient because guys He's got a, he's literally got like the little splint on there and stuff. He's still got it all taped up and whatnot. Just give him a break. It's like it it you can see it. It's just it's not that far off, but he moves in and it's it's cash money anywhere from the free throw line and in. So just give him a little break. But 
um, just wanted to point that out for everyone saying, oh, you can't shoot an SEC play and all this crap, Sam. I can't believe oh, people, you know, man, it, you know, just let's let's He's fine. Yeah, he's fine. I've come to realize that, um, you know, everyone, they just they forget what happens. It's like it happened a couple days ago. No, it's done. It, that never yeah, it's happened. Short, it's short term short, memory. Loss. Exactly. Exactly. But. But I, I like what you just brought up there, AJ. I mean, he went four for four from the free throw line. And I think that's especially like working out of this injury, uh, a huge key for him. Because if you remember earlier in the game, AJ, he got to the line after being fouled and he knocked down both free throws. And then if I'm not mistaken, the very next possession down or maybe the following possession, AJ, uh, he comes down and we, we go to look for him and he gets an open jumper from two and he, he knocks that thing down and it looked as smooth as he looked all game. And I think working out of this injury, AJ, that's going to be a key for him. I mean, every great shooter, you look at like Clay Thompson at the, the highest level of the NBA, even on nights where he's not shooting elite from the perimeter, what do good shooters do, AJ? They, they find a way to get to the line because every great shooter can knock down free throws. And it's all to do with your rhythm, AJ, and your release. And once you see a couple go in, that basket starts to grow. So really look for for C.J. Frederick to be a little more aggressive offensively. And I, I'm not saying he's settling because let's, let's hear Cal out. I mean, exactly. He said, A.J., at, at halftime, C.J. had maybe hit one shot or something like that. He went into halftime. He said, C.J., if you stop shooting, I'm taking you out of the game. I, I will literally take you out of the game and plant you right on the bench because that can't happen. you got to keep shooting, and I want him to continue to have that mentality. I just also want him to be a little more aggressive offensively and look for ways to, to maybe attack the basket and get fouled, work his game from the free throw line out. But, I, I mean, I am 100% in agreement with you. The kid's going to start knocking down some shots. I mean, almost every time it goes up, A.J., you and I both, it's like it's going in. So there's going to be a moment here where it clicks for this kid and he's going to really start raining down. And then, dude, I, I'm scared for the rest of the, the teams in the SEC because when you got a guy like C.J. Frederick and Antonio Reeves being able to create shots and knock those things down from the perimeter and then you got a little sprinkle on top from Casey Wallace, one of the most efficient three-point shooters in the SEC so far – Obviously, his numbers got hurt a little the other night, but gosh, AJ, that that's a deadly combo, and that's going to be leading me to my very last point before we flip it over to the preview of this Vanderbilt game, AJ. But I got to say it for the listeners because I know everyone's been talking about the Kentucky-Benny lineup, which is consisted of Kaysen, CJ, Antonio Reeves, Jacob Toppin, and Oscar Shibway. Let's give a little update to our listeners, AJ. So out of the previous three games, which is the majority of the possessions that they have had, in the last three games, AJ, they are plus 42 points in the differential point margin in the last 72 possessions that they've been on the court together. They, according to Kim Palm, are the most efficient lineup in college basketball right now. We got to continue to roll with this lineup, continue to let them develop continuity. But I'm telling you, and it was stated in the post game presser after the win against Texas A&M, the buzz was saying 
this is a different Kentucky Wildcats team. And it's not the same team that we've been preparing for, and it's not the same team that the SEC has been preparing for because of the way that John Calipari is starting to roll with this lineup and and get different looks. And it's really starting to become trouble. So I'm excited to see how this lineup continues to grow together. But that's startling numbers right there, AJ. I mean, a plus 42-point differential is extremely effective. And let's let's keep it riding, baby. Absolutely, Sam. And part of the reason why I initially answered your question earlier and told you that this is – we're starting to cook here in this three-game winning streak. It, it means something, and we're starting to turn things in the right direction. And like you said, you know, it's time to shift our focus to the next one because we got one coming up right away, Sam, and, and it's time to take our show back on the road. The Kentucky Wildcats head to Nashville to take on the Vanderbilt Commodores in one of the more unique atmospheres college basketball has to offer at Memorial Gym. When you look at this rivalry, rivalry, it dates back to the year 1912. And these two teams have played each other 201 times with the Kentucky. You, ca- you catch any of those games, AJ? Yeah, just a few of them, you know. That's insane. I know. It's crazy, man. But, uh, yeah, so, sorry. Um they have played 201 times. Kentucky has won 154 of those meetings to Vanderbilt's 47. Looking more recently, under head coach John Calipari, the Wildcats are 23-4 and against the Commodores, who haven't beaten them since 2016. Since Jerry Stackhouse took over as their coach in 2019, the Wildcats are a perfect 9-0. and Tuesday, Tuesday's game will be the first of a home-and-home home series this season, and Kentucky finds themselves as a three-point road favorite with a total sitting at 145. The Commodores right now are 10-9 overall and 3-3 three and three in the SEC as they currently sit at 85th in the net rankings and 84th on Ken Palm while having a top 50 strength of schedule. They have been pretty inconsistent this season, but have yet to get blown out as they have found ways to keep themselves in almost every game they've played. Unfortunately, they lost a key piece to their team when Liam Robbins went down in their win over Arkansas just three games ago. This is a guy who averaged over 13 points per game this season and was averaging a robust 17.5 points per per game in SEC play. Since he went out, Vandy is 1-1 with a 12-point home loss to Alabama, followed up by a gutsy performance on the road to get a win against the Georgia Bulldogs this past weekend. In their first six SEC games, Vanderbilt ranks number three team in adjusted offensive efficiency and has scored 80.3 points per game. Included in that sample size is two of the top five teams in defensive efficiency in the entire country in number one Tennessee and number five Alabama. They will need to build off a big offensive performance from their last outing when they welcome the Wildcats as Kentucky will look look to make it four wins in a row and two wins in a row on the road in the conference. Sam, we saw Kentucky get a win last time they went out on the road. But outside of that, they have struggled away from 
Rupp Arena this season. What are your keys to a Wildcats victory over Vanderbilt, and can you break down the Commodores game highlighting their style of play as well as the areas they are proficient and what areas can be attacked? Yeah, man. I mean, that's a great opening. It's going to be a, uh, it's not going to be an easy opportunity for a win here. Yeah. I mean, I, I know, uh, everyone's probably looking at this Vandy team from a blimp view, if you will. And they're saying, you know, this is a Vandy team that is just above 500 sitting at 10 and nine. They're at 500 in SEC play at three and three, and they're probably going to, to look right past them and say, Hey, we got a massive matchup upcoming this weekend. And I would, I would really say, let's pause that and and caution everyone within big blue nation, because this is a Vandy team. Like you said, that is extremely efficient offensively, AJ scoring at, at will at times, and they defend hard and they're physical. And this is not going to be an easy road opportunity for the Kentucky Wildcats. But there's keys to win. There's there's always keys to win, AJ. But the way we got to do this first, in my honest opinion, is we got to know our opponent. We did it last week. We got to do it this week, AJ. And there was none more important than Liam Robbins. But like you said, he's been ruled out against the Kentucky Wildcats. He was averaging over 17 points in SEC play. He's averaging over 13 points on the season. He's grabbing the majority of their boards, averaging just around six boards a game, AJ. And that's a tough out because now their front court gets that much more thin and becomes that much more difficult to guard arguably one of the best bigs in all of the country in Oscar Shibwe. So um, we'll get there, AJ, but that's going to be a key for them. So where do they get their production? The nice thing that this team has is they have balanced attack, AJ. They have specifically... Four players that average over double digits and a fifth player that averages nine points a game that within SEC play is averaging over double digits, AJ. So they've got a balanced attack and it all starts with their guard play, which is arguably one of the better backcourts in the SEC so far. I'm not saying it's the best, but they've got consistency across the board, AJ, led by Tyron Lawrence, who's averaging 11 points a game, AJ, a couple of rebounds in 3.5 and almost two assists. Jordan Wright, again, 11 points a game, four rebounds, two and a half assists. And Irza, how do you pronounce it? Ezra, if I'm not mistaken, AJ? Yeah, Ezra Manjan or something. Manjan. Yeah, that's what I thought it was. But again, in SEC play, averaging over 10 points a game, those are just their guards, AJ. And they spread out the love. I mean, Tyron Lawrence is a, is a great cutter from the film. I've been able to break down on him and, again, likes to get to the basket, has some creative ability to finish around the hoop. Jordan Wright, he's a swingman shooter. I mean, he creates and spreads the floor effectively for them, AJ. He's shooting 41% from field goal this year. And then, again, Ezra, he's shooting almost 50% from the field, AJ, and he can break it down. I mean, he's another one of those guys that can just break it down. So, it's this balanced attack that the Vanderbilt Commodores are able to hit we hit you with that really makes defending them that much more difficult because sometimes it's like, hey, if we can take away their star best player, AJ, that's enough to maybe get you the W. But they really spread the love offense 
offensively, and that's why they are one of the best offensive teams in the SEC as of right now, AJ. I mean, they're putting up 80 points a game like it's nothing almost, and and they get a lot of help from Miles Stute, who also, AJ, averages over double digits a game, and he he doesn't just do it offensively. He fights like all heck defensively, AJ, and he impacts the way the game in a lot of ways. And I really like what I see from this kid. He's a forward. He sits around, if I'm not mistaken, like 6'7", 215 pounds. So he's a big body again, a lot like what we just saw in some of the forwards in that Texas A&M Aggies game, AJ. So, I mean, this is a team that can really spread the love and it's going to take every single Kentucky Wildcat to play elite defense against who you're up you're going up against man to man. I mean I mean this is I got to say it again AJ but my first key has to be defense 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 and one last defense because truthfully it really is going to come down to slowing them down because we can get into the offensive side of things and especially with some of the injuries cuz Liam Robbins is not the only injury that this Commodore's team is faced against, and both AJ are actually their forwards. So, like I said, they are thin at the forward position. They are going to struggle to defend us, and I think we are going to be able to get baskets, maybe not at will, but pretty easily against this Vanderbilt banged-up team, AJ. So, it all really comes down to our defensive presence, our energy that we play with. I mean, if we can replicate the way that we defended the Texas A&M Aggies with that energy, with that physicality, with that presence, AJ, I'm confident in our ability to walk away with another road win that's really going to help our overall Ken Palm rating and our overall ratings as we fight and claw back into the top 25, AJ. But that is definitely who stands out to me as far as you know, know your Joes and know your your Sallies, AJ, because th- this Commodores team is is well spread out and they love to share the basketball. I mean, that was definitely the first key is that defense, but it, it more just ha- goes hand in hand as far as knowing your opponent. But I know I kind of broke down some of the gameplay, but it, does anyone else stand out to you, or or what's what's the one thing in your opinion, AJ, that has elevated this Vanderbilt Commodores team to be able to get some staple wins as of late. I mean, they got a a win against Arkansas when they were ranked number 15, and we know they're banged up, but that's no excuse, AJ. That's still a great and well-coached team. And then obviously their most recent win against the Georgia Bulldogs, which they were able to score yet again 85 points and 97 points in Arkansas win, AJ. Yeah, for me – the team, uh, they changed a little bit because of these injuries, but they're still it's still the same concept. I mean, you can't help but change when you talk about the injuries that they've had to go through. I mean, I brought him up in my opener, but the guy I'm talking about, he's seven foot tall, guys. I mean, it, it, and then Sam brought it up. They got other injuries, so with Robbins out, his backup center's out, so they do not have a lot of size, and that's forced them and Jerry Stackhouse to go to a more small lineup. But the thing is, he's comfortable with that. They have a lot of athletic players on this team, a lot of size, okay? Sam broke down some of the players. I'm just going to take it a, a, a little bit further here because that's that. this is my key to the game, Sam. And, and 
you talked about Tyron Lawrence and you talk about Ezra and this Ezra kid has really come on as of late. He didn't play as much at the beginning of the season and started to find his footing, but in SEC, SEC plays really started to find it. Sam, neither of these guys are looking to shoot three-pointers. Neither of them. You want to know what they want to do? They want to attack the basket. Attack 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 that is their game if you're gonna if you're gonna clog the lane and they'll they'll find the shooter and they'll kick it and they got a couple guys who can shoot you talked about jordan Wright. he's only 31 percent three-point shooter but he'll he'll go out there and he can knock it down miles stute you talked about him a six seven wing shooting 43.6 percent from the three-point line this year got to stay on him The guards are going to try to break you down, and if you leave this kid open, he is going to knock them down. Trey Thomas and Noah Shelby, two other guys that come off the bench and play significant minutes for them, these guys are also going to shoot the three ball as well, so we have to pay attention to them. But Sam, they're much like A&M. They have guards who are trying to get downhill and get to the basket. I mean, almost like... A bull in China shop at sometimes. It's like no nowhere to go on offense. Just put your head down and run as hard as you can to the basket. You know what I mean? But these guys, they're skilled, dude. I, I've been watching a little tape on uh, Ezra Manjan. This kid, it, he can finish at the basket, and so can Tyron Lawrence. These kids can play through contact. They can finish around the rim, even through bigger players, using the hoop as a block for them in some cases going up and under things like that they got a lot of moves around the basket that 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 is what they want to do so you're going to see a team who's going to try to use their their athleticism in this game with a smaller lineup to try to spread the Kentucky Wildcats out break them down off the dribble and like Sam said they're they're a microwave team man once they start to find their rhythm in a game they can score in bunches so this game for me Sam is all about defense the Kentucky Wildcats are going to have to learn their scouting report understand what the coaching staff is asking them to do understand who the the shooters are and stay on them the other guys who aren't shooters you know they're going to try to take you off the dribble so be prepared for that the one thing that this Kentucky this new Kentucky the basketball Benny lineup is is allowing the Wildcats to do Sam is it's allowing them to switch a lot more positions on defense and and it's causing a better communication between the defense of the Wildcats and allowing them to stay to their man better and help each other out and and that's helping us get stops coupled with the fact that we're rebounding at a high rate so we're starting to limit our opponents. We can't get into a game where we're going shot for shot in this one. You can't do that on the road in SEC. This team, they, they can score too many points for you to go in there and do that you saw what Alabama did against them they were able to win by double digits they kept Vanderbilt to the low 60s in that game so that's where we need to live we can't let this game get up into the I-80s we can play that game but I don't want to play that game this isn't the game you want to play that okay you want to be able to slow them down and play your style of basketball Sam the biggest thing that sticks out to me outside of this team in the change that they've gone through recently with losing a seven-footer who's no longer on the court, obviously, is a little bit of a smaller lineup. Them getting to the basket and driving with their guards, which I, which I just outlined. And because of the way they play that way, Sam, 
they get to the free throw line at an absurd amount, okay? I, I just need to break this down for you. The last game they went to the free throw line against Georgia 29 times. This is this is the games that they've had in the SEC so far. Six games, 35 attempts, 12 attempts, 20 attempts, 36 attempts, 20 attempts, 29 attempts. They average per game 25.3 free throws a game, and they made 19.2 of those on average. Over their six games in the SEC, they have had 152 free throws and made 115 of them. So as a team, they are shooting 75.7% from the free throw line as a team. You talked about it last game, Sam, defending without fouling. Well, this is another game. These guards are going to be aggressive. They are going to try to put us in foul trouble. You don't think they've seen the tape from the last few games? They want to get us in foul trouble so they can get some of our backups in so they can start to go to work. And the one thing that every team this year will consistently try to do against the Kentucky Wildcats, and that is putting Oscar Shibway in conflict on defense. They want him to defend that high pick and roll. They want to pull him away from the basket. And if you've been paying attention, Sam, Oscar has really turned the corner in these last couple of games on the defensive side of the ball, being in the right position, understanding what the scouting report is and what the coaches are asking him to do. And it's going a long way. The block are starting to come up. We out-rebounded A&M four to, or out, out-blocked them 4-0 to zero last game, and you're starting to see the blocks from this team on the defensive side come up, which wasn't there for a little while, and so it's all starting to come together, and we need to continue to do that. This team wants to live at the free-throw line. A third of their shots are threes, a third of them are free-throws, and then a third of them are right at the basket. They are a team that has figured out this kind of new age style of basketball, Sam. And and if you look, they are very good at shooting the ball either right around the basket or out from three. And they've taken a lot of that long range two point shots out of their game, becoming more efficient. And there really hasn't been this like massive drop off that you would have thought after losing their star center. Like they're finding a way to play basketball. I think that's just a sign of, Jerry Stackhouse has this Vanderbilt team on a different level than they've been at in the in the past couple of years, and he's finally starting to get some traction within this program. So this is a game, Sam, like you said. You have the Kansas Jayhawks waiting for you on Saturday, right? You can't think about that right now. You cannot look ahead. You're starting to build this momentum. It would be absolutely huge to go on the road, get two straight road victories in the SEC. It's not a hard It is not an easy thing to do. It is a very hard thing to do. So the focus needs to be all on Vanderbilt. Lock them up on defense. Know the scouting report. They want to get to the line. Clog the lane. And then when they try to throw a bunch of guys at Shibway, just like last game, be quick with the passes out of the double teams. Continue to work the ball around. And we should be able to get open looks all night long, Sam. I mean, they're going to struggle to guard Oscar Shibway. They, they are there that is a hundred percent. And so to me, the last thing I'll say before I give it back to you, Sam, is Vanderbilt needs to make a choice. They are going to have to make a choice. Do you want to double and triple team Oscar Shibway? 
because if you do that, we have now proven that we have guys that we can find and we will find it for open looks, right? We've proven that now. We know how to do it. So are you going to defend him like that? Or are you just going to straight up play him one-on-one and let him go to work and say, well, we can just outscore you? And so that's what I'm really interested to see in how the Vanderbilt Commodores come out and play and what they elect to do on defense and how they go about that because I think that's going to dictate a lot of how this game goes because I think we can we can, I mean either way I think we're going to be able to break them down Sam and like I said you just don't want to get into this you know high scoring affair on the road because the crowd gets into it and, and you start to miss a few shots and then the game gets the game gets sideways on you so it's a three-point spread. It's expected to be a close game. They fought hard on their home court, so Kentucky's really going to have to bring it. Is there anything else that you see that sticks out in your mind about this game, Sam? And what else do we need to do to, to secure a victory on the road? Yeah, I mean, you you actually hinted and, and touched on some of the, the keys that I had laid out for how the Kentucky Wildcats can come away with a road victory against, you know, a team that's really fighting within the SEC, AJ. But, um, you know, I, I spoke on the defense. You made an excellent point. It's got to be, again, defense without fouling. This is a team that lives at the free throw line. I'm really glad you highlighted that because that's what I was about to do. So um, it's massive. And it's it's so critical that Oscar is able to stay in this basketball game, AJ, because you said it, every team's – effort especially early in the game is to get oscar into foul trouble get him out and go to work to be able to create some separation but if if he has the ability to stay on the floor aj offensively that is where we are going to have our bread and butter we got to work through him despite aj texas a&m and those aggies throwing everything they had at oscar sheepway he walked away with in that game aj with only one turnover his ability to not turn the ball over is it's night one of the and day. main yeah it's, it's one of the it's main night reasons day. we won that basketball game AJ so it it all depends on how Jerry Stackhouse wants to put the packages together to defend these Kentucky Wildcats but even if they're bringing the double bringing the triple Oscar's ability is so vital to continue to anticipate that and move the ball or make a move immediately like he did at times but. That's going to be one of my next keys for the Kentucky Wildcats to get a W is the knowledge of Oscar Sheway to know in critical times when he's going to get doubled and to move the ball effectively out to the perimeter. Because like you said, and you just highlighted, we just showed we can also win a basketball game when Oscar doesn't go for double digit points. However, I think this is going to be one of those games where we feed the beast and he has an incredible night, AJ. So we'll stay tuned to see if uh, my prediction is correct. The next thing, you did kind of highlight it, AJ, but this is a team in the Vanderbilt Commodores that loves to share the load and the the rebounding burden. And good teams find a way to do that, AJ. And we have come a long way since the beginning of the year, but this is going to be a game where we really have to have everyone fighting for the boards because this is a team that their guards are fighting for boards their forwards are fighting for boards so you cannot afford aj defensively to have lapses where you allow your man to beat you offensively because you cannot just say hey it's oscar he's going to go down there and grab everything because i'm telling you everyone tries to rebound the basketball for this commodore's team aj but more importantly according to adjusted ratings aj we are actually the number one 
offensive rebounding team in the entire country. When they are lacking size and rebounding from two of their big men, we have to eat offensively on the boards, AJ. This is another opportunity for the Kentucky Wildcats to dominate the boards in general, but especially offensively. Our ability to come away with a, a healthy margin offensively with our rebounding effort is going to be a critical piece as far as keeping the ball in our hands, keeping it out of their offensive rhythm, because we just said they, they can definitely score in bunches, and that's going to help us dictate the play and the style of the game. We don't want to go out and try to get in a 90-point scoring battle, 80-point scoring battle. Our offensive board efforts is going to help dictate that script of the game, AJ. That's definitely what stands out to me. The next thing, AJ, is it's, it's on us to get to the line again because it's really elevated our play the last couple of games, and I'm still slightly happy with last game's performance in the Aggies. But I will say, with how physical that game was – us taking 32 threes really prevented us from getting to the line. So look for us, AJ, as a key to win this game, to be aggressive, get to the line, and that way we are able to maybe get some more rhythm within our shooting because if we're going to be hawking up threes because they give it to us because they're doubling, and I don't mean hawk it, but we're going to put up some threes if they're going to be doubling, tripling Oscar, man. It's just going to have to be something that we are able to do moving forward. So – Let's get to the line. Let's get our shooters warm and hot because we've got some microwaves ourselves on our team and Antonio Reeves, CJ Frederick, Kaysom Wallace, and, and let's let's get this W, AJ. I mean, it's a really good road win. We cannot be looking in the horizon on our next opponent. This is a must win and a big opportunity, AJ, to get another road win that will help the Kentucky Wildcats resume come March Selection Sunday because – we all know we got to keep building what we're building upon. Yeah, and you know the Vanderbilt Commodores are sitting in a similar situation. They'd like to have, you know, they feel like they're starting to turn the corner and really come together, and they want to make a push down the end of the season. And this win would go a huge way into catapulting the latter half of their season. So we need to go down there focused, attention to detail, continue to fight the way we have the last three games put ourselves in a position to win and try to make some plays down the stretch, Sam. That about wraps it up for the preview of the Vanderbilt game. I know we have one more section to get to on the podcast today. One more segment, whatever you want to call it, but we do need to give out our AOK college basketball picks for the week. I'm going to throw it over to Sam in a minute. And he's going to give you a rundown of our picks last week, how we did, what the updated standings are through this week of the season, and then we will give out our picks. The one thing I did want to mention was let's give a shout-out to our guy. I know we don't have to, but reigning National Player of the Year, Oscar Sheway, just pulling in another award, winning SEC Player of the Week. And I think it just shows you, Sam, that the sheer impact this guy has on our team when he wins SEC Player of the Week, obviously he had a monumental performance with the 37 and 24, but he follows that up and he doesn't score a lot in the game. And he's not a factor in the box score in that way, but the guy hauls in 17 rebounds, like you said, Sam, and the attention that he he caused the Texas A&M Aggies to send his way 
was an absolute game changer. And that just shows you, like I said, that the magnitude of what this guy means to our team to win that award in a week where he has a game where he doesn't even score 10 points in it. And he is the most dominant and effective player on both sides of the court. So wanted to give a shout out to him as well. And then Sam, real quick before we get to it, because I don't want to do it at the end, and I'll just we'll wrap it up once we're done with the with the picks. But we got our YouTube page up, guys. Just a announcement to you all. Yes, we got our YouTube page up. You can find us there. Just search All Out Kentucky Podcast or our name there at AO Kentucky Pod, just like it is on Twitter. You can go and follow us there as well. Sam has taken the time out of his busy schedule and he has worked really hard on a PDF document that basically summarizes everything that we talk about in our podcast episodes. You'll get a full preview and breakdown of the previous game and the the upcoming game. We're going to post those on Twitter as well. We did it for the last game um, for the Texas A&M Aggies, but you guys will be able to go on there and look and see all the keys to victory. You'll be able to get a scouting report of the other team. And we want you guys to obviously listen to the podcast, but we just thought we would do this as well for you guys. You know, you're in a pinch and you want to look at it last minute or just have it a, uh, a day or two before the game and be able to sit down for 10, 15 minutes and read through it and kind of combine all this information for you guys. Some people like are more visual learners and stuff like that and, and being able to look that stuff over. So we thought we'd put that together for you, but Sam and I will have that out. Just go on to Twitter and find us. We're pretty active there at this point. Me and Sam are. You can follow Sam there at SamBrad66. You can follow me there at Andrew underscore j bradley and so come and follow the podcast as well but that's where you'll get those documents and then we're going to start to um, put out the links to our youtube channel as well so you guys can go there we're going to work on updating that more um, and adding some stuff to the screen and whatnot to make it more um, interactive for you guys to see what's going on and stuff so it's not just my face and sam's face sitting there and uh, yeah you guys want to look at us while we talk kentucky basketball but either way we're just trying to uh, get get it out there to you guys more so you guys have different avenues to go through to listen to us and we can have some fun with this thing as we start to head down kind of the back stretch of this uh, this college basketball season. Sam, pretty crazy, but the month of January is uh, starting to come to a close here shortly. And so, you know, it's going to be March before we know it. And uh, But anyways, I've I've rambled on enough, Sam. Why don't you come back in, update everybody on where we're sitting with these college basketball picks for the season so far, and then let's get into them, and uh, we'll wrap it up and get out of here. Yeah, thanks, AJ. So uh, let's update the listeners. As far as going in to week five, AJ, you had a record of, if I'm not mistaken, nine and nine for 16 with 23 points, AJ. You had two nice victories as you selected Iowa State versus Texas. Iowa State finished as a three-point favorite, so you were able to grab two points there, and you were also able to get the Kansas State versus Kansas game correct. We both saw that. 
coming. I obviously was able to to not get the latter game on Kansas' schedule correct. But K-State finished as a one-and-a-half-point underdog, AJ. They come away with three points for you. You are now sitting at 11 for 20 in the lead with 28 points, AJ. I myself did have as well two wins this past week as I selected Tennessee at Mississippi State. They were able to get a win and cover as they were six-point favorites, AJ, as well as Kansas State versus Texas Tech. K-State finished as a a four-and-a-half-point favorite at home. They were able to win and get the cover, AJ. So my updated record is 9-for-20, and I am currently sitting at 21 points, AJ. I'm on your heels. I just got to get a couple of games correct, but you do have the grasp over me as as of end of week five. Hey, I love it, man. It, it's a close, it's a close tight match right now. It, it, it's, it's anybody's game to win. We got, we got a lot of basketball left to play, so we'll have some fun with this, but, uh, why don't I kick us off here and, uh, I'll go with two picks and, um, my first two picks are going to be from the Saturday slate, Sam, and Let's just talk about this real quick. We got the SEC Big 12 Challenge. I mean, I think there's no secret at this point, Sam. These are the two best conferences in all of college basketball. There is going to be some great games between our conference and the Big 12 Conference this Saturday. Maybe none bigger than the Kansas-Kentucky game. And I'm going to take Kentucky in that game. They're going to be on their home court. We all know what happened last year when we went out to their own home court. They might end up changing the name to Rupp Arena at some point if, if we ever go back there and do that again to them because that that's, that doesn't happen very often in that building. Yep. So, um, yeah, I'm going to take Kentucky, Sam. I think this Kansas team is just going through a stretch of games that is very, very tough. I mean, me and you talked about it off air with uh, our brother-in-law who's a Kansas alum, and I just sent him a picture of their schedule for the next month, and it's like it's a gauntlet, dude, and – they're struggling a little bit right now. I think this team may be just slightly overrated from where they've been all season in that top five slot. And, uh, you know, they have a great player in Jalen Wilson. Outside of that, they, they can struggle at times. Teams have been able to find a way to limit what Grady Dick can do, and then they, they can struggle to score at times. And I think the way Kentucky's playing defense and, and the confidence they should have against this team, knowing what they did last year and now getting them on their home court, I, I really love the Wildcats, I think. Regardless of what happens in the Vanderbilt game, win or lose, either carry the momentum or bounce back. I think the Kentucky Wildcats do that big time on Saturday and get a, a statement victory against the Kansas Jayhawks. And Sam, second game I'm going to go with is another, I mean, maybe the best matchup, honestly, if you're going by straight power ratings and AP polls and everything, but it's Texas at Tennessee and... I'm going to take the volunteers in this one, Sam. you got two teams who just – it's going to be a slugfest. That is a defensive game right there. I mean, two teams who absolutely get after you on the defensive side of the ball. I think the size of Tennessee is going to cause a little too much trouble for Texas on the road. So I'm going to take Tennessee in a tight one in this game. 
I'm sure the spread will be pretty low in that game. I think Tennessee will probably be favored at home, but I'll take the Volunteers in that one and take two games from that Big 12 SEC challenge, and I'm, I'm going to take two SEC teams in, in Kentucky and Tennessee. So those are my first two picks. Sam, what do you got? Yeah, I'm absolutely fired up for the Big 12 SEC challenge. I mean, the Big 12 definitely to this point in the season is, is by far the best conference in college basketball, AJ. But this is an opportunity for the SEC to show what they're all about. And I like that you were able to pick, uh, you know, two SEC teams, especially in the Kentucky Wildcats, as we get an opportunity to host the Kansas Jayhawks, who are currently still hovering inside the top 10. I know they had a tough week. They have a tough couple of weeks and all the opponents that they are going through. It's an absolute gauntlet. They are currently in a absolute battle at Baylor. AJ, a live update would tell us right now that they are down five, 45 to 40. We'll see how that outcome goes. But either way, AJ, they are going to be fired up after a tough couple of games, win or lose tonight, where they want to get revenge against Kentucky for doing what we were able to accomplish on their home floor. So don't get me wrong. It's going to be an amazing atmosphere I'm pumped up for that Big 12 SEC challenge, but I will start my first pick, AJ, for this week comes on Tuesday night, AJ, as Miami heads to Pittsburgh. I have not seen, or I have seen the line, AJ, Miami on the road as the number 20 team in the country is favored by three and a half points. I've got Miami on the road coming away with a victory. Is that Tuesday night, AJ, or is that later in the week? I'm trying to look at it right now. I, I thought it was maybe, I thought it was maybe Wednesday or Thursday, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I'm just trying to look at my. Uh, I want to make sure. Oh, it's Saturday. I apologize. That's Saturday's <laughs> game. Um, but. That is Saturday's game. So the line, like I said, yeah, has not come out. I just gave you the line for Miami's Tuesday matchup at Florida State. However, I am taking Miami at Pittsburgh Saturday night. Just want to clarify that. Sorry about that, AJ. Um, My next pick does come on the Thursday slate as there's a solid matchup within California as the number eight UCLA Bruins take on Southern California, AJ, and USC. It's going to be an exciting matchup. 17-3 and three currently. SEC, the UCLA Bruins sit at, and USC sits at 14-6. and six. I, I just love what UCLA is able to do right now, AJ. They're able to break you down in multiple areas of the basketball court. I, I mean, they're able to beat you with their exceptional guard play, but they also have bigs that can really bang you down low. They defend at an elite level for especially a West Coast team, AJ, because we all know that those West Coast teams don't bang bodies like the SEC. But I do like UCLA technically on the road, obviously do not have to travel far, but an in-state rival in USC. So those are my first two picks, Miami at Pitt and UCLA at USC. Love it, Sam. I love it. And uh, for my third pick, I am going to go back to this Big 12 SEC Challenge, believe it or not. Uh, there's another game I've got my eye on, and the Iowa State Cyclones are traveling to go visit the Missouri Tigers. I'm going to take the Iowa State Cyclones in this game on the road, Sam. I just love what this team is doing. They get after it defensively. 
I took them last week. They got a big victory for me. I just I, I, I like this team. I think they're going to be able to go on the road. They're going to be able to lock this Missouri team down, force a lot of turnovers, not allow them to get out and transition. I see the Iowa State Cyclones coming away with, with a victory on the road in this one. So I'm going to take them. That's the only Big 12 team I'll take. I'll support the SEC with my other two ones. And then, Sam, I got to go back to the well. I told you guys, I took them against Tennessee, and I told you if they lost the game, I'd never take them again. Well, guess what? They won the game, so I'm taking them with two picks because they got two games this week, Sam. I'm taking the Kentucky Wildcats on the road as a three-point favorite against the Vanderbilt Commodores. They're going to find a way to win. It could, it could be ugly. They could let up some points from here and there, but guess what? I believe in this team, Sam, and the, what they've showed me over the last three games has really inspired me. I, I, I'm I'm right there with this team, Sam, and I'm taking them again. I, I They haven't let me down only once or twice when I took them earlier in the season, but they haven't let me down <laughs> since I took them at Tennessee. Not since then. Exactly. Not so fast. Yeah, so we're going to take the Kentucky Wildcats there. So I got Kentucky over Vandy. I got Kentucky over Kansas with back-to-back wins this week. I got the Tennessee Volunteers over the Texas Longhorns and the Iowa State Cyclones over the Missouri Tigers. Give me your last two picks, Sam. Let's wrap it up. Let's get out of here. Yeah, uh, so my next couple of games, uh, first one comes from the Wednesday slate, AJ, a little middle-of-the-week top 25 matchup as UConn plays host to number 13, Xavier. Absolutely excited for this middle-of-the-week matchup, AJ. It's going to be a tough bout. I do have UConn with the slight edge and coming away with the victory at home. I just think that crowd's going to be absolutely fired up. This was at one point, AJ, a team that was sitting well inside the top five in college basketball and was highly regarded as a team that posed a deep threat Come March, they're currently sitting at 16-5. and I think they get a staple win for this team to continue to stay within the top 10-ish range of college basketball. I then am going to move over, AJ, and join you as I pick my first Big 12 SEC matchup. And I guess we'll even up the play because I like what I see as TCU goes on the road and takes on the Mississippi State Bulldogs. I like TCU on the road. This is a team, AJ, that is playing some incredible basketball as of late. I mean, when we just look at them, they have taken on some crazy talent within their Big 12 conference. Obviously, already taking on the Kansas Jayhawks, AJ. Really like what I see from TCU. They're a team that fights and has got a lot of length, a lot of size, and a ton of athleticism. So, Give me TCU on the road. To recap, I got Miami over Pitt. I got TCU over Mississippi State, UCLA over USC, and UConn over Xavier. I'm coming for you, AJ, so don't get comfortable because I just might pass you. Absolutely love it, Sam. Some some road teams this week, a chance to make up a little ground. You're not too far behind, so eight more picks for you guys from us. That's going to do it for us today, Sam. Let's not take up any more of the listeners' time, but I appreciate your time tonight. I appreciate everybody listening, helping us out, and sharing the podcast. Let's go, Cats. 
Let's have a good week with two more SCC victories. Let's get back in the top 25, Sam. Let's get this thing rolling and back to where we all thought it would be before the season. Another huge opportunity for the Kentucky Wildcats this week. We will be back with all of you guys on Friday. Break down what happened at Vanderbilt and to preview the mega matchup with the Kansas Jayhawks this weekend. Sam, have a good night. To all the listeners, I hope you all have a good night and go Cats. See y'all. There's only one thing left to say. Oh, C-A-T-S, Cats, Cats, Cats.